Everybody get up. What time to get down? No. You can finish. I was hoping you'd jump in. I don't know the words. And but I do know these words, John. <laughs> welcome. Oh, that's right. Welcome, welcome back to Catechize, the, the podcast. The podcast where we discuss historic reformed confessions and catechisms. I am your host, Josh, which me. Which me. With me, as always, is my co host, John the Divine. Tis I. Famous I've musician. my title. Uh, oh, I like this change. This is our second episode tonight reverse because uh, love John's it. preaching next week, and so we got to get a little bit ahead uh, so our boy can really crank it down uh, to focus. Well, I guess by the I, time you hear this, I will have suffered you already. Will, you will have preached yesterday <laughs> <laughs> if everyone listens to it the day it comes out, which why would everyone do that? They don't. If you listen to this the day it comes out, Monday, September 5th, Labor Day. Yeah, Labor Day. If you listen to this on Labor Day, John will have preached yesterday. You'll have probably yesterday. recently heard in the news a church disbanded from heretical teaching. <laughs> John's going to do great. He's talked to me a little bit about his sermon, and I'm excited to hear it yeah, on well, the internet. I, I, it's going to be the execution. That's the, that's <laughs> oh, the John, issue. Oh, <laughs> John, check this out, though. It will be online, so I can put a link to it. No, we don't need to do that. No. Let's just not do that. <laughs> if, if we get over 50 likes on the on Instagram. How about, how about this? If 4,000 people <laughs> specifically request it by email, we can put it in the link. Let's come up with a different way. We've got to find a way to link John the Divine Sermon. <laughs> no, 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 no. If we get 10 new comments, uh, five new follows, <laughs> oh, and... And over fifty likes on the on the well, on the post, the post for this for next week on the post for the or this it? week because I can go back and like it. Oh, okay. So if we get five new comments on Apple Podcasts, <sighs> five new follows on Instagram, and ten or uh, and over fifty <laughs> these, likes, these I are keep so forgetting. arbitrary. <laughs> and over, 50, I'm, I'm sure I've said contradictory <laughs> we get things. Eight. And people ten, who <laughs> say they've heard of us and over 50 likes on the instagram post which is not asking a lot people come on <laughs> got 13 likes recently it's like does anyone even remember we exist that's okay <laughs> doesn't matter we don't we anyways do it for the kingdom baby speaking of the kingdom what do we do we talk about the catechism that's and so <laughs> true and right now we're gonna move to question 18 <laughs> Um, flowing right out of question 17. Man, the divines wrote this. They must have done it on purpose or something. Um, so, John. This is a this is what we call a long John Silver. This is our, our second. Our no kind one of calls s- it that. <laughs> yeah, no, they call it that. This is our second to last on sin slash third to last episode of the season. The last episode is kind of a transition. It's mm. the light at the end of the tunnel know, being That lit. last question is a tasty question. That's uh, a la- good question. Last question of the season to be accurate. It's not the last question of anything in the catechism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the catechism has nine, nine questions on sin and then just rounds out the catechism with everything else in one question. Yeah, no, but... We're, anyway. all, we're nearing the end. And so, John, if you could read question 18, end of season two for us, that is. Question 18 from the Westminster Shorter Catechism, and then I'll do that, and then we'll talk about it. Like we do. Like all we right, do. Here we go. Question do- 18. Here's the question. Wherein? Shut up, Josh. I'm reading. Question 18. Wherein consists the sinfulness of that estate whereinto man fell? And the answer is, 
The sinfulness of that estate whereinto man fell consists in the guilt of Adam's first sin, the want of original righteousness, and the corruption of his whole nature, which is commonly called original sin, together with all actual transgressions which precede from it. Nice. This is another one of those Thank questions you. where the like transition from old formal to like new modern <laughs> words structure. has really held on to some of its an- his, its older forms yeah it leaves words. something to be desired in the in the structure of the sentence there <laughs> i'd get i'd get dinged on on a paper for this one <laughs> you might um take it away yeah so question 18 again of the westminster shorter catechism wherein consists the sinfulness of that estate uh wherein man fell the sinfulness of the estate wherein man fell consists of the guilt of Adam's first sin, the want of original righteousness, and the corruption of his whole nature, which is commonly called original sin, together with all actual transgressions that proceed from it. So, basically what today's discussion of the question is going to be is a summary of three theological doctrines the end (laughs) that's it i inflected that weird but here to to quickly show you where we're going and to clarify the language of the question we're talking about here we go first uh, it consists of the guilt of adam's first sin that is imputed guilt which we'll talk about first and then we have the want of original righteousness and the corruption of his whole nature which they summarize right correctly which is called original sin together with all actual transgressions which proceed from it. And this is just the reality that following these realities, you do commit sins. And that's the manifestation of the last doctrine we'll talk about, which is total depravity. Yeah. So that's also in there under the the corruption of his whole nature. Right. There as well. Um, So we are again talking first about imputed guilt briefly, then original sin, then total depravity. um, and, and, And the exposition of those three doctrines pretty much is saying what this says, Mm. which is more even simply saying, you are a sinner who sins. Boom. Yep. (laughs) So true. You are a a sinful person who does sin. Just you, listener. And And, and everyone else. else. (laughs) Except Jesus. Yeah, except Jesus. And Mary, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's been an episode since we took a friendly dig at our Catholic friends, right? (laughs) (laughs) That, yeah. Uh, Gonna have to to call a um, false on that. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry to you and sorry to our Catholic friends. We do love you. We just, (laughs) we also like what we consider to be low-hanging fruit in the stupid (laughs) theological joke category. (laughs) Anyways. Everyone knows this. Me and Josh are big fans of low-hanging theological joke fruit. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's that's my favorite fruit. (laughs) You know, hardly does a day pass when we're, you know, if we're together and even, you know, in any setting, watching a movie with a bunch of just random people and we're like, hey uh i don't know and then i we, can't think of any off the top of i my can't head. either but it's like you remember that like you know slight reference in second samuel that one of our professors talked about for a while let's joke about it yeah i don't know dumb stuff like that it's like anyway a, it's like you stub your toe and you're like my bones are dried up and i am indeed cut off <laughs> 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 that, yeah it's just it's just garbage like that anyways <laughs> so first imputed guilt what it is john Imputed guilt. This one's actually, I mean, we're, we're not going to spend too much time on this one because this is very similar to what we talked about with Adam 
and Covenant Headship was this two episodes, two episodes ago? ago? Yeah, so, so this would have been episode or season two, episode six, um, on the Westminster Shorter Catechism, question sixteen. Yeah, yeah, and, and this is this is almost once if you have an understanding of what we talked about there, this is pretty straightforward. Imputed guilt is basically Adam as our head sinned and therefore became guilty. We as you know, basically under his covenant, under his covenantal headship. Under his leadership, we are also guilty. Right. Just as, um, you know, if like, if the president of the U- United States bombed someone and the world was like, "Oh no, you didn't," they wouldn't be they they would be angry with the U.S. They wouldn't like be like, "Oh, you guys are fine. We're not going to bother with you. We're just after the president." It would be seen as like the country's decision, and and all of us are involved in this yeah. thing now. Yeah, yeah. So, um. That episode uh, hopefully really does flesh out this idea of covenant headship, specifically Adam's covenant headship of all humanity. Yeah. And this is basically the, just the theological doctrine that f- that kind of summarizes the, r- the reality of Adam's sin as federal head. Yeah. He, our representative, sinned, and so all who are under him are counted guilty with him. Basically, we are the Philistines... And Adam is Goliath. Yeah. When David killed Goliath, the Philistines were all defeated. None of them went to war. None of them went to battle. Well, they all went to war, I guess. But none of them went to battle. Yeah. <laughs> and all of them were defeated because their representative was defeated. Yeah. And so his defeat is counted for them. Adam's guilt is counted for us. And this isn't just an unjust guilty by association, but we confirm our belonging by our actions of sin and it's not like guilty by association we're just kind of watching along you knew adam so yeah Yeah. it's a he was in a meaningful way one whose actions count for us uh to to quote augustine all of us sinned in adam because we were all part of adam and some people go really biological with that which is a fun interesting thing you can do but covenantally certainly and if you want to get technical biologically certainly we are all part of adam yeah um and more importantly emphasizing that covenantal reality and once sin is in the world like we like it (laughs) sure yeah the world you know basically when sin entered the world all of creation fell and basically everything in creation from then on was in sin yeah so imputed guilt is the fact that so here this is let's get real tight technical and by technical i don't mean theologically i mean grammatically the word imputed means to assign to something by inference from the value or to ascribe assign credit accredit chalk up associate so on lay on that's an interesting one Um, so basically the idea it's like the ascribing of adam's guilt to all of adam's covenant members yeah. And so Adam's guilt is given to us, just as Christ's righteousness is given to us who are in him, which we'll talk about when we get to Christ's covenant headship later on. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, imputed guilt. We are all guilty with Adam because he is our representative and he blew it. So his guilt counts for us um, because of covenant headship. Go listen to episode yeah. six. Boom. All right. Moving on to the second one, which is original sin. Josh, would you be so be so kind as to regale us with an account of what original <laughs> sure. sin is? So um, we'll talk about original sin here, and we'll actually revisit it 
in this week's this week's history of the week with a really good quote from a theologian's commentary on a book of the Bible to not give anything away. <laughs> um, uh, but, subtle. Well, it was unhelpfully vague, <laughs> but but also maybe I don't know. Whatever. Um, original sin is this idea that that we are born sinners. That sinfulness is now after the fall a part of human nature. It's not true human nature. Adam and Eve were not originally sinful. Christ, who is the second Adam, was was not originally sinful. It's not there like was no baked sin into in the human genome being in creation, right? Yeah. And when we talk about everything that it is to be human, sin isn't included there. Yeah. Because sin is not what it is to be human, but not the way it's supposed. Now to be. it is. Yeah, not the way it's supposed to be. Check out last week's book recommendation from that 1996 history of the week. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Taking it way back. Anyways, original sin again. We sin. Because we're born sinners, sinfulness is because of the fall and because of Adam's guilt imputed to us now a part of human nature. Yeah. It is a part of fallen human nature. We have a different, we have a, a, there's something has been added to what it means to be human because of the fall and that something is sinfulness. Yeah. And so now it is our very nature to sin. Uh, this is part of what the catechism means when it says the want of original righteousness. We mm. are now not born with a, a moral perfection. We are not, we are now not, we don't originate with a righteousness. Um, we don't uncorrupt. start with a clean slate. Right. We, we are sinners. And there's a, uh, Thomas Watson, who who wrote the the Body of Divinity, it's a book we've referenced earlier, and and now we get to return to. He kind of skips some questions in his summary teaching, but he only mm. skips a one. They're kind of sub included in the previous one. Anyways, yeah. back to Thomas Watson. He says in his commentary on this question, um, Adam's leprosy cleaves to us as Naaman's leprosy did to Gehazi in Second Kings five fifty seven, which is a deep cut into that, the Old that Testament. That sounds like a many. joke that we would make, <laughs> but it's oh, it does. That does sound like a joke we would make, but it is a really helpful way. Basically, yeah. in that story in the Old Testament, Naaman is this foreigner, and he comes to Israel. I forget which prophet, probably Elisha. Elisha. Yeah, yeah, it's, and it's Elisha. Nice inclination was correct this time and elisha's like hey go take a bath in the jordan he's like no that's gross he's like do it man and he's like all right i'll do it and he <laughs> cleans him of his leprosy and gehazi elisha's assistant buddy it's like that's not fair he shouldn't be clean he's a foreigner and um he like scoffs at uh naaman's repentance and healing and so he he's then like covered in what was naaman's leprosy. leprosy yeah um now that's not we we aren't we don't have original sin because we picked on Adam, whatever. Yeah. But the idea that that the disease that was Adam's is clings to us, like the disease that was Naaman's clings to Gehazi. Mm-hmm. Uh, in another place in that, that commentary, Thomas Watson writes, consequences that, uh, that flow from our fallenness, um, we have an aversion from good and a propensity to evil. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what the the manifestation of original sin is, is that instead of being drawn to good, having, uh, we have an aversion to good and we, instead of having a, a, an aversion to evil, we have a propensity to evil. Our, our discerning between good and evil has been reversed because our nature, rather than being originally righteous is now originally sinful. Herman Bovink, uh, has a really helpful defense of this reality because it, it sounds off putting, right? Like yeah. to say that everyone is sinful by nature. Well, and, and you're guilty of that. Well, that's not fair. 
Um, well, we are guilty of that. Adam's guilt is imputed to us. The covenant headship of Adam is not unjust. It is just, um, just as Christ's covenant headship is just. And the result of the guiltiness that is Adam's and is ours is being born with a sinful nature. And you cannot deny that. We can't, there's no other thing that explains why everyone sins. And as Bavink drew attention to it, if you, that you need no more evidence for the existence of original sin than the death of infants in infancy mm-hmm. that you uh, are, that you still clearly suffer under the curse, even when you have not committed any particular sin. Infants are sinful. They die uh, in infancy and that's tragic. And that's a result of the sin that is a, a testimony of the reality of original sin because humans who are sinners by nature are under the curse of sin, which is death, even without committing a particular sin themselves. And and one interesting John thing, brought that one to us. Oh, yeah. yeah. No just charge, credit guys. Where it's due. <clears throat> Thank you. My idea, just kidding, Bavink's idea, I just stumbled upon it. But um, this relates actually to what we talked about last week, how sin begets sin. Because if you think about it, Adam and Eve are sinful beings. It's not like they will have children. They aren't able to beget non-sinful beings. Yeah, because it's now part of their nature. It's part of their nature, and so it's going to be part of their offspring's nature. You can take that in like a biological sense or something like that if you want. I mean, there's, there's a connection, as we talked about, I think, two times ago. There's a biological reality. Yeah. The connectedness and, of the human race. Anyways. And and that probably also relates to the fact that Jesus isn't born normally. Right. Miraculously. Yeah. yeah. His miraculous birth points to the fact that he is not under the same, like... Curse. Biological rules, sort of. Um, but, but, yeah. And then, like, lest we, you know, get too angry about this, the, the, um, the catechism also adds at the end, together with all actual transgressions, which proceed from it right and so we uh we make sure to throw icing on the cake every day right so it's not like (laughs) we can be like oh adam it was just adam it's like well even if you what a jerk (laughs) yeah even if you were born without sin which we're not but even if you were (laughs) we're so far from there right with how much we've sinned by now it's like not even yeah funny that that last clause of the answer to question eight uh, 18 kind of flows out of each of these or each kind of um any protest to each of these mm. imputed guilt your your adam's guilt it counts for you because of headship that's not fair well your sin flows from it you are guilty i don't think i have a sinful nature your sins actual sins flow from it and when we say actual sins we mean like the sinful things that you think do and say yeah um the sinful things that you think do and say confirm the reality of the guilt that is yours in Adam. The sinful things that you and I think, do, and say confirm the reality that we are sinners by nature. And then, as we'll talk about in a second, the sinful things that we think, do, and say confirm that we are totally depraved by... That, 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 there, that total depravity is a reality that defines humanity. Yeah. And so this last clause kind of qualifies all of the previous ones and is almost an answer to any hesitancy to embrace any of them there's like a there's a sense where it's like all right you don't like this well you're you're sinning so why are you sinning if not for and why has every human ever sinned if not for this reason right 
and we get we get all of these things from god's word that's not just us kind of trying to logic our way to why people sin yeah yeah and I which always, which we'll see in the history of the week we, yeah it's rich with biblical reference i was going to say one other thing that i think is i think this gives us a lot of you know hope looking forward because we realize this isn't how it's should be you know and so it's it's not how it will be yeah in eternity. it doesn't feel right because it's not right right and um with the hope of the gospel is that it will not stay this way right and that we'll be saved from it which we'll get into yeah just a little reminder that there is a gospel <laughs> <There's> <laughs> I, <don't know>. a, <laughs> I was like well uh, i mean <laughs> any discussion of sin ought to drive us to the cross and so yeah. that's good so imputed guilt adam's guilt is our guilt original sin we are born sinners. Sin is now post-fall a part of human nature, passed through the people, the descendants of Adam, and changes us so that we have an aversion from good and a propensity to evil. As Paul says in Romans 7, is the, the things I do not want to do, I keep on doing, um, and the things I want to do, I cannot do. Recognizing even this kind of tension between original sin and our sinful nature that clings to us even though we are regenerate in Christ. And, and there is actually debates about what kind of person Paul is talking about in Romans 7, but I think the the recognition of the wretchedness of self and actions and the desire to do the good is, is kind of testimony to the fact that he's talking about someone who is in Christ still struggling with sin. Yeah. And that struggle with sin is a reality that in this life, original sin is still part of our nature, yeah. even though we are alive in Christ and united to him. And yeah. the realities of sin are seen throughout. Shall I mean, we? Yeah. Shall we commence to round three? Yeah, John, why don't you uh, why don't you hit us with that tea and tulip? Oh yeah, the tea and tulip is total depravity. Tulip. T- I'm not gonna say. That's it how like I've that. always said it. I've the tea and tulip. You've never said it that way. No, it's it. Okay, so the tea and tulip <laughs> is um, total depravity, and that's the third thing that this particular question is dealing with. Total depravity, I think, is. I had a I had a I had a uh, professor in college who explained it with a fun analogy, and it was fun because he like was like laying on the floor. This and had stuff. to be Doctor Schaefer. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, but but basically, he talked about how there are certain views of depravity. So you know, Pelagianism, which we've talked about, which basically sees thing um, sees depravity and sin as sort of this like easy to get out of situation. The example he used was, you know, you're in the ocean and you're swimming around the surface and, you know, Jesus is up there and he's got a boat and like a life preserver. This was a fun lesson. You kind (laughs) of swim over to the, yeah, you kind of, and you you know, he's acting this all out as he goes. You swim over to the boat and that's basically Pelagianism. And then other views of depravity that are more like, you know. You're sick from the sin. You're sick, and it's like, all right, you're drowning, and uh, Jesus has to, you know, kind of throw you a, a lifeline, and you just, you grab it while it's there. That's kind of um, maybe more of like a Catholic view or an Armenian view. And then there's, you know, you're underwater, and yeah. you're drowning, and, oh, no, this was the Armenian view. Um, you're drowning, and Jesus, you, you're looking up and reaching upward, and Jesus swims down, holds out his hand, and all you have to do is accept his hand. Right. You just grab his hand and he pulls you up. Right. But you have to do the work of grabbing his hand. Right. And then, which is believing. Yeah, which is believing. And then there's total depravity. And my professor acted this out by laying face down on the floor. <laughs> and basically what this is, is 
you're lying on the bottom of the ocean floor, dead in your sin, not desiring to be saved, liking where you are at. And Jesus has to come and just pull you out, not of your own volition, but through his work. Right. And so basically, total depravity is the fact that all aspects of ourselves are deprived or you know, tainted by sin. The fall has affected and ruined all of us. Yeah. yeah. Total, total depravity is not, is not to say that like you are as bad as you can be, but it, but it is to say you know, that all aspects of you are, right. are fallen. There's no, it's not like you're like, oh yeah, you do, you do bad things sometimes, but, um, but you're mostly a good person. Yeah. But like, you know, follow your heart cause your heart is good. Yeah. Or, um, Luckily, your mind isn't fallen, and so you know you can <laughs> oh, you John. can trust that bad boy. So, <laughs> oh wait, what do you got? We we at, at Grove City you have in the Bible program you have this senior seminar. You write this big paper and you study a senior seminar with the professor who always kind of leads that senior seminar, basically in light of what their thesis was when when they did a doctoral mm. when they did doctoral work. Yeah, and and of the like six or seven faculty all but one were phenomenal and my class they rotate my class got the one got the one <laughs> and so it was some and he's a great guy not a great professor and he did the some garbage senior seminar on apologetics and we spent one three and a half hour class on where he argued that Aquinas argued that the intellect was not fallen. And four minutes into that class, my Catholic friend emailed all the students in the class. So there's like eight of us. Uh, with an email and it had a prayer in it written by Thomas Aquinas entitled Lord help my fallen intellect (laughs) 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 and so like you were talking earlier about people discuss the extent of the fall and the depravity of man and uh, Roman Catholicism has a more optimistic view on the depravity of man than I think than I would hold to in the as a yeah. as a reformed person because it's I don't I don't think that the Bible does have that optimistic of a view when it describes us as being dead in sin slaves to our trespasses all throughout Ephesians and Titus and and, and anyways with the with the water example they would probably be in the camp of like grabbing on to while I fest and yeah and wanting to, to be saved on. and right. you know humans naturally have the desire to be saved. Right. And, you know, they just need to find out how, kind of. Right. But to their credit, they do not think that the intellect is unfallen. (laughs) Maybe they're more optimistic than I think the Bible allows us to be. Maybe they're more charitable towards man's ability. And I think there are some serious problems with that. But they do not deny the fallenness of the intellect. Or at the very least, Aquinas does not. Right. That's true. I'm sure there are some Catholics. Well, Catholicism is actually pretty diverse. I mean, there's there's <laughs> yeah. some pretty wonky Catholics by Catholic standards. Anyways, yeah. total depravity. A little excursus into my college career and the frustration <laughs> Man, I a, had to deal what with. A, glad you got to pay for that senior seminar. Oh, I, I did one. It. I did one with a great professor on the new perspectives on Paul. Oh, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, that's okay. But it's just Would like a pretty interesting. interesting and kind of <laughs> controversial but fun topic in the theological world so anyways sorry josh it's okay but yeah total depravity everything about us is broken um even the good we do is from an evil heart i i put it is is that yeah uh, even the good we do is from from an evil heart that we are totally depraved and and this especially is 
comes into conflict, like we were alluding to when, with discussions of salvation. Uh, and when your will, one of the realities and consequences of, of an understanding of the Bible that is summarized by an embracing of the doctrine of total depravity is this understanding that it's not that we don't have free will. It's that we want sin. Our total depravity, our enslavement to sin, our, our deadness in sin is not that, that it's not some morally neutral or um, morally helpable place. We are in perpendicular, contrary, contrasting, opposite rebellion to God and good. Um, we like evil. We desire the wrong. And, and it is our will. Like, we don't choose God not because we don't have free will. We don't choose God because we do have free will. And because of total depravity, our free will wants sin and not God. Yeah, we're we're predisposed to be opposed to God. Yeah, and so. we'll we'll just as we will get more clarity on original sin here shortly with the history of the week, we'll get a little bit more clarity on total depravity with the heresy of the week. So, yeah, baby. So, are you ready to move on? I'm ready to Let's move, move on. on to the next Let's segment: on the, the history of the week. Uh, mm. This history of the week comes from as 2014. I, no, this is actually history. Uh, this is an excerpt from Martin Luther's famous commentary on the Book of Romans. Um, yeah, it's it's supposed to be really good. I haven't read it. I haven't. Its I've heard his I Romans read and Galatians comment, to commentaries the are, was assigned for a class. Anyways, yeah, the Romans and Galatians. Romans are, and Galatians, are I hear, are just legendary. Um, but this is an excerpt from so Martin Luther. James, but. Yeah, gospel of so straw, <laughs> according Every, to Luther. Epistle of straw, or first epistle of all. or gospel. I don't know why I said gospel. I don't either. Anyways, Martin Luther, great guy. Everyone has flaws, um, but here's Martin Luther um, from his commentary on Romans. Uh, but what then is dramatic origin- reading? Please stop it. Sorry, <laughs> you've interrupted me so much. <laughs> Again, Martin Luther <laughs> in his commentary on Romans. And, but what then is original sin? According to the apostle, it is not only the lack of a good quality of, in the will, nor merely the loss of man's righteousness and ability. It is rather the loss of all his powers of body and soul, of his whole outward and inward perfections. In addition to this, it is his inclination to all that is evil, his aversion against that which is good, and his antipathy against light and wisdom, his love for error and darkness, his flight from and his loathing of good works, and his seeking after that which is sinful. Thus we read in Psalm 14.3, They are all gone aside, they are altogether become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one, which Paul also quotes. And in Genesis 8.21, the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Actual sins essentially consist in this, that they obey or sorry, that they come out of us. As the Lord says in Matthew fifteen nineteen, out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. But original enters into us. Uh, original sin enters into us. We do not commit it, but we suffer it. We are sinners because we are the sons of a sinner. A sinner can only beget a sinner who is like him. Hmm. Uh, that I think that's that's original sin that's right there, stuff. and it's yeah. I don't know why we even did this episode. You I should know. just read that. Just read that. <laughs> Thoroughly biblical, I think, precise and and uh, and clear, and um, a good reminder of 
of our nature in Adam um, and the reality that it's ours apart from Christ. I think every time we mention Martin Luther, we both are just like, oh, Martin Luther's just so good. He is. I mean, he's got a couple things, but like, he's so good. (laughs) (laughs) We do do that every time. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Cool. That's all I've got for the history of the week. Sweet. Meditate on that. Maybe, Maybe run it back. And listen again to that quote or Google it or read the commentary or don't do any of those things. I don't know. I think it's helpful though. Yeah. It's a good quote. So, all right. So, uh, heresy we, of the we week. We ready for the heresy of the week. Yeah, we're ready for that heresy of the week. All right. I'll give you the heresy of the week. Here John, we go. go ahead with the heresy of the all week. Right. <laughs> so the heresy this week that we're going to be talking about is, is a not common, a for- not a formal heresy. Once again, again. not a, one of these days we're going to get some formal ones back in here, but we're not in the part of, once we get to like, you know the natures of christ and stuff like that we'll have so many formal heresies oh yeah like you will have you you won't know what hit you but so this is say you'll lose your hat but that's not an expression (laughs) (laughs) you'll lose your hat you'll lose your hat um no so this isn't a formal heresy but basically this is the view that total it confuses total depravity and what would be called utter depravity yeah so total depravity like we talked about is that all aspects of of a person are fallen and marred by sin. Right. But they're not completely destroyed and as bad as they can be. Right. Utter depravity is the idea that man is as sinful as he can be. A helpful analogy that I read um, related to this is basically if you have a glass of water, it's clean water, pure water, that is like Adam before he sinned. When Adam sinned, it's like adding a drop of poison to the water. All of the water, you know, as the poison disperses into the water, all of the water is poisonous. That would be total depravity. Utter depravity is a glass of straight poison. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I like that a lot. Yeah. So. You are a poisonous glass of water. You are not a glass of poison. Yeah. Yeah. that's That's the idea of it. And so when we say total depravity, we do not mean man is as bad as he can be. In fact the common grace of God keeps us from being as bad as we can be. Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's really an amazing thing yeah. because he does not owe us that by any means, you know, once we sin, he could just wipe us out, especially, you know, if we got as bad as we could be, which, you know, Oof. who is to say, <laughs> which we, there are times where God kind of restrains his withholding hand and, and allows us to embrace a level of rebellion and weakness I think I think as punishment giving us what we want Romans one and, yeah. and discussions oh that was a weird hiccup thing <laughs> I think we discussions of Pharaoh's rebellion nicely done I was gonna say I think maybe probably the nearest example we see of humanity is just before the flood when God basically declares man has gotten too bad yeah and so he needs to like reset with noah yeah and um in that section it just talks about how bad man is and god you know basically you know he uses the language of like regretting he ever made him and stuff like that which go check out our footnotes and proof net proof text on the impassibility i was just setting you up for that yeah but but yeah so that is utter depravity we believe in total depravity so if anyone challenges you know are you saying video. that we're just all only wicked all the time? Well, I do good things. Well, I know people who, like I know people who aren't Christians who do good stuff. Yeah. Like, are that's, you saying Bill Gates can't do something that's good? Yeah. Or you know, Bill, Bill Gates does a lot of good. He's a great philanthropist. That's God's common grace, and it's 
yeah, as as I kind of alluded to earlier, like even good sinners, even the good sinners do we do with an evil heart. Yeah. Um, but with an evil heart, sinners do do good for the world things. So that's the balance. Yeah. That everything is tainted by sin, but people still do things that are kind of qualitatively good. Yeah. Even though they are not righteous. Mm-hmm. Um, when, uh, when one of my professors was making this, the distinction between total, total and utter depravity, uh, in, in class, um, he, uh, he said, basically utter depravity is you're not all Hitler all the time. <laughs> and then he goes, even Hitler wasn't Hitler all the time. <laughs> Hitler made some pretty nice paintings, which he did. They're not bad. Go give it a Google. <laughs> um, but that's, that was the, that, that, who, that is really good. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to bust that out sometime. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you get the idea. It's it's not that we're as bad as we we could be or even ought to be because of our sin. Um, uh, we, but everything about us is fallen and sinful. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if anyone ever challenges you and, and you're like, I believe in total depravity, and, and they say this, just fight them. You know, fight them with kind words. Yeah, that's I was I was just about to say that. Yeah. That explained that. Well, everything about you is sinful, but you aren't always only doing evil and things. Oh, there was one thing I was going to say on this that was really helpful. Oh, what was it? I forgot, Josh. Think young grasshopper. Let me think for a minute. Okay, I remember. Basically, wow, that's um, good. I was going to say that I think this relates part of the reason we are not utterly deprived. This relates to what we see in passages like Romans 1, where... God talks about how we know the good. He's, as part of his common grace, yeah. he has planted a knowledge of what is good within us. Right. So that even though we do not um, do the good and that we want sin, internally we know what is right and what is wrong. And that helps us from being utterly deprived. Yeah. Our conscience bears witness. Yeah. Yeah. That the law of God is written on our hearts. Romans yeah. 2 even. Yeah. Good stuff. That was a good thing to remember. Yeah. Thank you. Good place to close? Good place to close. All right, that's it. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, come on back next week for the penultimate episode of this season. Um, one of our buddies who's preaching before John uh, loves the word penultimate. <laughs> he like. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, uh, thanks, thanks for tuning in. Give us a like, comment, subscribe. Do those things that we said earlier in order to get a link to John the Divine Sermon. Um, Do them it, because we don't remember what they were. <laughs> there's, yeah, some likes and some shares and some comments and certain amounts of things like that and, and then like you'll get better to hear, when we had the cookie rewards well, that was for you this is for the people Aww. uh and that was kind of for the people anyways um give us a follow at catechizepod at gmail.com send us your question no that's the, the questions send your questions to catechized at gmail.com follow us on instagram and twitter at catechizepod and uh please do leave us comments like subscribe share this with anyone that you think would benefit from it Um, because that's what we care about. We care about trying to care for and serve the people of God in the world. And uh, if if someone can benefit from what we do, then let them know about it. I don't know. (laughs) We Uh, do this this mostly for the money, but, (laughs) you know, there's the small other motive of wanting people to know the catechism. Yeah. But that's it. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. Catechize your kids. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Yep. (laughs) Bye-bye.
Yep. <laughs> yep. 